everybody. My name is Nicholas. Welcome back to a new episode of the Everything Design Show. Today we have Imran Tahir. And Imran is actually the co-founder of Paperback Packers. I met um, Imran um, sometime last year and we've uh, collaborated and created some... Um, I was on his sh- on his show talking about romantic relationships in regards to my PhD, um, and you know earlier in uh, in the month also I was I was I was on uh, the show to share about uh, my research, um, and and ever since then actually I've been uh, quite interested in uh, the work that Paper Backpackers is doing, as well as um, the other um, the other. The other uh, entities that uh, Imran is also working with, mainly with regards to digital marketing, uh, with facilitation um, and education as, as aspects, as well as um, some social programs and community engagement that he does um, internationally, um, you know, both um, um, locally in Singapore as well as internationally in places like Cambodia, um, Brunei. And uh, Indonesia. So uh, let's uh, let's welcome Imran. Hi, Imran. How how are you? Hey, great, great. Thanks so much for having me to come on board and share. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. First of all, I gotta comment. I love your background. Oh, to share it thanks, thanks, <laughs> thanks, thanks. Yeah. Um. As as I. Uh, as I progress with the 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 podcast, I um I try to you know uh, try to improve you know on 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 different aspects. You know, some days you know uh, I improve, get a bit better lighting. Um, yeah. I've been able to get some equipment for for the the camera as well. Um, you know, uh, so so and 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 yeah, I mean it's just a it's just a continuous iterative process that I've been um trying to approach with this uh this podcast so i'm still learning and i'm still um you know trying to 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 do as a little bit as much as i can uh here and there so yeah yeah um so yeah uh imran why don't you uh you know we start off with uh you know quick introduction maybe you can tell uh, our listeners what uh what is it that you do and maybe just a little bit on uh those different entities like your paperback packers as well as your digital bros mm. um so my main involvement, I think you can split into three. So primarily, I identify with, I just want to be identified easily. So I usually call myself as the co-founder of Paperback Packers. So it, it's work, it works as a collective umbrella to house all my interests and passion together, mm. which is digital marketing, facilitation, training, social, everything. And it acts more as a hub for to educate and empower people to get started it's most of a launching pad for that kind of uh interest so paper packers we form together with a few other people i form together with other people whereby we want to promote the idea of a digital nomad lifestyle so some of you may be curious what's a digital nomad you probably have heard digital marketing hmm. but what is digital nomad digital nomad and digital marketing are two separate things hmm. okay let's be clear about that so basically digital nomad you are independently you're able to earn independently you have financial confidence and you have a skill that is on demand by people which is service online digitally so that could be blogging content creation hmm. digital marketing can be design uh, it can be cyber security anything hmm. under the sun as long as you are able to perform your service digitally or at least partially digitally and why I wanted to have that kind of 
uh, lifestyle why I want to advocate for that because um, based on my own personal experiences uh, life can be quite unpredictable so the one thing I feel like I wanted to have control of is the way how I earn my mm, income yeah so that's why I feel moving forward I was also thinking like what is the future proof skill that will allow, allow me to stay relevant mm. at the same time allow me to be independent mm. so which is why we set up with digital marketing Yeah. And I'm not saying that the other components is not valid, but this is what I'm most familiar with. But I feel that the digital nomad lifestyle is what I will continue to advocate because it allows you to achieve those that balance that you need. So that's for paperback packers. Hmm. Um, earlier you're asking what's digital brothers. Digital brothers is where I practice what I preach. So hmm. uh, the digital marketing side, together with a team, we service clients to help them uh, either enhance their brand or we help them generate leads or build their online presence and the third part which is a social presence uh, social uh, involvement is the WIDAT project so I'm the programs developer and also a head trainer for the WIDAT project so I train uh, volunteers and pro- even project leaders on how they can deliver effective program for the community Yeah. So that's what I do in a nutshell. What else? I mean, that's a lot of things that you're doing. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I mean, uh, sometimes I can't even um, wrap my head around my own day job. <laughs> But, you know, it seems like you've been able to um, uh, oversee, you know, so many elements and so many facets of this particular, uh, these different enterprises that you're looking into. Um, but actually, this, this, this idea of a digital nomad is very interesting. Um, and I, I, I quite I quite like the way that you've defined it, um, you know, because um, through what you've been, um, you know, through what you've been been looking at, I think um, we definitely are we definitely, uh, you know, are moving, you know, into the age of, 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 of the digital platforms. And I think I really like the, the, the way that you've defined this thing as a digital nomad because, um, you know, it's it's it's. It's getting people who are already uh, utilizing these particular skills, uh, and getting them to be um, getting them to be uh, more conscious of how they're moving forward through the digital age as well, right? Um, so yeah, I think I mean I think you know through your own di- your own work as a digital um, uh, marketing um, um, specialist, um, through your work as a facilitator, that that sounds like a very good good package that you are you are um, looking into. So I just wanted to ask, you know, uh, I think the let's let, let's talk about the first part about, about this um, paper backpackers, um, you know, in terms of a as a as a digital nomad, right? Um, based on the people that you've been engaging, the facilitation, um, your classes that you've been, um, you've been, you've been, you guys have been doing over the years, um, it, do you do you see a particular age group, or do you see um, a particular um, type of job scope um, that is evolving um, towards the digital? Um, this this digital nomad lifestyle um, um, more than other other age groups or uh, other job descriptions or other roles that are out there. Yeah, definitely. Because with my involvement with Packers and through the classes, like you said, all the interactions, there are a few very distinct ones hmm. which I will share. And I think that if you're in this, you are in a very very good spot. Mm. Yeah, probably in demand like crazy right now. 
Yeah. Um, number one is um, social media manager, which is what mm. one of my partners is doing, and it is not well understood, but the value is incredibly high if you invest into it. The returns is really good. Uh, do not confuse social media management with digital marketing. Those are two separate things. So social media manager whereby they will study and dissect your social presence, social media presence, and they look at how to develop a brand around it. It's really about reconstructing a brand online. It's different than having your IG account, OOTD and everything. It's something really hand-holding to create something, something really meaningful. So like, you can even be the next Coca-Cola if you have a very strong social media presence. That's how powerful you can get. Um, so that's one. Another one is um, graphic and design. Crazy demand. Mm. Um, content manager. People who decide what kind of content to post. People who mm. plan content. Um, another one which is, I feel is quite important. But again, I'm not seeing enough people asking for this service which is ads buyer. Mm. So ads buyer, basically you set up Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Google ads uh, online for businesses, for their programs and everything. So that is a, it's a very technical skill and I feel it's a bit of, uh, a bit scary on my end because mm. you are working like a, I don't know whether that's a good comparison but you are like a fund manager. <laughs> I don't know that's good. <laughs> Yeah, good comparison. People will put money in, and then you need to figure out how to get the returns for them. Mm, I see. I so see. So you buy ads, you got to make sure that you have some ROI, or else yeah. you're in trouble. Hmm. Definitely. Yeah. What well, I mean, the that sounds quite quite dangerous. I mean, I personally, uh, um, and uh, am somebody who's quite uh, you know, averse to risk. So you know, I think something like that would definitely not be my. My my cup of tea, like, I think you will need a little bit more courage, um, um, and and uh, um, a bit more knowledge in that area, definitely. Um, but yeah, I think the the even today, sorry, yeah, yeah, even till today, sometimes we have to really check, like, okay, because the what you will study, people will study from YouTube, like how do I set up Facebook ads or Google mm. ads or Instagram ads, but they will only tell you the elementary stuff, which is the basic stuff of how to set up and everything, run your first campaign, but how do you react? That one, I think only a few people will actually reveal to you how to react, which is where it sets you apart from those who just learn from YouTube or free classes. Hmm. Yeah, sorry, you're saying. No, no, no. I, I, I mean that's definitely something that is, um, um, you know, it's it's a growing market, lah. I mean, social media. I mean, when people talk about social media, I, I think we, um. Uh, most of us, like even including myself, right? I have to admit, because I'm, I'm, I'm still, I would say, quite new to it. I'm also learning as much as I can. Um, I think we simplify the social media game, uh, quite a bit. I mean, um, we think of social media. Most people, I think, would come that comes to mind is that okay, your IG, you've got your, um, you've got your Facebook, um, you know, then maybe you include Twitter. But you know, looking at it, there's there's so many, um, other channels, and even how I engage with. Um, um, followers on IG or LinkedIn. Even this, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Even no, this no, session yeah. itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This session itself, it's going to become a job scope eventually. In the very, I think it already has become. Mm. Okay, uh, there are people who are advocating or selling service to set up a uh, set up webinars or live sessions for you mm. with everything, even the marketing and everything. Yeah. So that's becoming a service, uh, security. I tell you, it's very much overlooked cybersecurity mm. because yes, cybersecurity, the banks or the big players they have it, 
but the small timers like like myself I'm also trying to be very conscious about it mm. how are data protected how are transaction maintained and everything mm. and people overlook this a lot and even how you manage your transactions and everything yeah no i mean these 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 roles that you've mentioned um these digital nomad roles lah i mean they are they are they are definitely roles that are um are upcoming so i mean um i i think as a to a certain extent you yourself are an education provider right for me from a university perspective we're also um you know education providers now there's also skills future where it's you know continued education um uh, training for for working adults over 25 in singapore um you know how how do you think you um you set yourself apart from other education providers you know um do you think that you know because it's uh you you've defined this as the digital nomad um you guys sort of see this as um not just one you don't provide a perspective from one specific job role like let's say if i i train somebody in graphic design right um or let's say graphic design for social media but i may not know um the things about like you know social media management the um you know, the ad buying the security aspects of this um do you think that people as they are they are they are, they are, they are, they are moving forward in this um in this realm they need to at least have a good understanding of all these different facets or do you think that as a digital nomad they can be quite specific on their on their job on their job roles as they're moving as they're moving forward i i feel depends on how you plan to provide your service because um there are existing platforms which covers all that i mentioned for you mm. so you don't need to really worry about it unless you are taking on commission projects so like you contract with a school you contract with a company then that changes everything whereby you need to know how to work on your feet or you need to know what kind of terms you are working with mm. or else you are going to be in trouble which is why as a team we will reject or we will not even consider working with some partners or certain um, organization because we feel we may not have the leverage in the whole uh, conversation mm. so we avoid all together so that kind of things is i think a bit more nuanced is hard to It's hard to set up, uh, to tell people in one sitting, mm-hmm. and I don't think your skills future or those normal schemes they will advise you on that. They will just it's more plug and play. Whereby mm-hmm. you need to learn this, I teach you. Mm-hmm. That's the end of the story. Yeah. For us, we we teach you because this is supposed to be your lifestyle eventually. Mm-hmm. So you need to be able to protect yourself. Yeah. So I mean, uh, so from what you're saying is, um, currently when you're engaging with the the students and the people that are coming to your facilitations and your workshops, um, these people have some skills, but they don't necessarily have these overarching, uh, perspectives on how to, um. Uh, on how to work the game, you know, per se, right? Or how to um, uh, uh, understand and and see the whole system, lah. So it's not just those skills, but it's also about you know those um, widening um, the perspective, lah. And it's a very, in a way, very collaborative, right? In that sense. So um, do you find that? Do you find that through your classes? Um, Um, you know, when you engage with these students or these people, uh, these uh, practitioners, um, especially those that have come in with a, a specific set of skills, um, have any of them left, um, you know, your classes or your workshops, um, finding some partners or collaborators 
within the class. Did did that happen for you guys? Um, maybe to to clear define the classes or so. Mm. Uh, maybe it will also reflect on my journey on how I got into this and all. So originally, I started with presentation and public speaking. So when I continue to get deeper into it, I realized that if I wanted to reach out to more people to educate and put myself out there, I have to learn digital marketing. Mm. So I spent a few years learning everything and I still am learning. There's still so much to catch up. Mm. And so my first group of students were actually not really meant to learn digital marketing, but I have to still teach them. And I can tell you, just by learning facilitation and public speaking, you, it's a very transferable skill when you move into digital platform mm. because you need to use the same skill set, which is to engage people. Mm. So... Um, I have when I work with a few organizations where we train them you, you can't really say whether they actually uh, have grown independent yet because usually if, as individuals they still need a lot more encouragement a lot more hand holding which is why we started to form paperbackers paperback packers we want to keep on developing the platform whereby if they need that kind of advice if they need that kind of resources as well they are not on their own they can come through us So, the like the most recent class we had was in Brunei. That's where we had our pilot uh, lesson about social media management agency, mm. which is we my partner was sharing about how you develop your own agency. So that is where we share the skill part and also the part with the perspectives as well. And even those who it was actually relevant for business owners also because they realized that okay um, now I know how to work the game and everything. And we even tell them like, why you need to know this is not just because you want to become a social media manager, mm. but let's say if you need to engage one, you will know how to instruct them. You know how to work with them. Mm. Yeah. So the in the most recent lesson we had in Singapore, the online one was about how you make transition from offline to online. Mm. So I already seeing uh, some people really taking action because they there's the urgency and they realize the relevance is very very strong because we try to. Be practical in what we share. So whatever we share is not based on. Uh, there's no more textbooks, but online classes. <laughs> uh, is what what I is literally what I see on my Facebook feed. Mm. I just show them. Whatever I tell you is on your feed. Can you see it on your Facebook feed? Can you see it on your Instagram feed? So I think that really proves to them that it's happening already. Mm. Yeah. So that's how we really drive home about the relevance and the action taking part. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I mean, so with regards to the action taking, um, I think I think um, you you were mentioning there were a lot of a few businesses that are also, um, picking up some of these skill sets and um, realizing that these are, um, it's not such a, uh, it's not such a a, a difficult. Uh, skill to pick up now. Of course, very difficult. Not not easy to master, right? You were mentioning, mm. you know, right, is, right. It, you're still learning on it. Um, is, is that convin? Does that convincing take take? Um, is does that take convincing of these business owners take a lot of effort, or you know, are they already, you know, on 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 the bandwagon already and just wanting to learn as much as they can? Um. I would say like what you say is true. It's easy to learn, mm. and a lot of the business owners they will say they know how to do it. Mm. And I will say, yeah, therefore some group I say, yeah, you are you are absolutely right. You can definitely do it. You can probably ask your twelve um, year old kid who's got nothing to do at home right now to do it for you as well. Mm. But do they know how to react? Mm. Which is really like the mindset of the fund manager. You need to have a level head. 
And even now, and then we work as a team to make sure that we keep each other in check, that we know what we are doing. Every dollar counts. Mm. So we have to make sure we don't overspend. We make sure when we close the marketing and everything. Then second part is capacity. Mm. So right now, if I were to tell you, hey, so you are a real estate agent. Do you want to spend your day posting on social media, crafting that post, doing that whole copywriting two, three times a day? Because I think you and I know that sometimes you want to do that, that nice post takes about half an hour to an hour. Mm. Unless you don't mind just take your face and then post immediately, which again, huh? what's the purpose? That doesn't fit your purpose if you want to be a, a known figure mm. or if you're running a business. Yeah. If it's just OTD, definitely you don't need to think about all this. Mm. Yeah. Then the question is, it's like any other business. So we help you uh, service the part where we help you make sure you can focus on your key operations so that we take the note off you. That's why we come in because the biggest concern is uh, a lot of them uh, even since last year before this COVID thing I already shared to the community about this and they are all agreeable. They feel like yes, we need to take action hmm. and their, their capacity doesn't match. They don't have the proper skill set to fulfill it and they don't have, have action plan. Hmm. So it becomes inconsistent. It does not gather much result and they bleed money as well for those who are more serious about it. Hmm. So then they are in a vicious cycle because they don't want to engage a, provide, a service provider as well like us. Hmm. So until recently, you will see some people are starting to change their mind. They realize that, okay, uh, right now, because everybody is a level playing field, they feel that, okay, they, they feel that it's a level playing field, but it's actually not. It's still the same. Hmm. They try to do it themselves and they still yeah. feel um, burnout because they still don't They cannot do it. They cannot juggle everything because mm. right now it's even harder because why? You are trying to transit your business from offline to online mm. and you're trying to build the presence at the same time. These are two different things. Mm. And I was sharing Brunei about digital, um, digital business, digitalization. Digitalization of your business and digital marketing are two separate things altogether mm. which people always confuse as one and the same. Whenever I say about online, people think digital marketing. I say online digital marketing. <laughs> digital marketing is a medium is a mm. way for you to get customers and engage your customer. Digital business whereby what is your product now? Mm. How are you getting the traffic? Uh, what is your terms and condition? Uh, what are the... Yeah, even terms and condition you need to know because it's different mm. now. Uh, how are you going to sell? What's your margin? Mm. Uh, where are you going to... How are you going to collect payment? Mm. Uh, what kind of team of stuff do you need? <laughs> yeah. Uh, even your offline operations, how should it look like now? So all these questions... Uh, even your how you plan your strategy, your business strategy, business model have to change mm. because you cannot rely on the old model anymore. Yeah. And it's like what I've been studying is that it's more, it's a lot more data-driven rather than instinctive. So you cannot have the culture of whereby, oh, uh, this is what I've been doing for 10, 20 years. Uh, it has worked for me. When you go mm. online, it's not that case anymore. You have to rely on data. You have to trust the data. Mm. Don't resist the data yeah. because we have we have done campaigns whereby uh, on instinct we feel like hey this product can sell well mm. we look at the product it looks like viral everybody talking about it mm. that's the biggest mistake we feel like hey yeah. everybody talking about it and then when we run a campaign zero mm. but when we did a campaign just purely on data mm. we had some results yeah so um, I mean this is a this is I think this is a very comprehensive um 
plan you've just described, right? Um, in terms of you know how uh, a company can go digital, uh, how it can use digital marketing, how it can use data um, analysis. Um, I I I I mean, if a, a company were to you know consider or to say that okay, I really need to start um, you know looking at my you know, digital transformation and, uh, you know, including digital marketing as well, right? Um, you know, and they were to come to you. Um, how, how much typically, I mean, this, this is just a ballpark figure, like, right? How, how, how much typically would they need to at least be setting aside to, to create something that's effective for their business? Let's say a, a small business in Singapore. Mm. And how long would it roughly take for them to see um, some of the, the the ROIs, you know, in terms of this type of investment, just I mean, just a rough gauge, or, or maybe just uh, do you have a case study that you you've 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 worked with recently that you you can say that hey, you know, we we did roughly about this amount, and then the the return was 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 this, um, yeah. Mm, the the more immediate ones because we in terms of digital transformation. We have not fully rolled out as a service. It's mm. more of a educational because okay, yeah, yeah. to roll it out as a service, I think is not going to be um, cheap because it's very strategic, mm. and I can feel that it's easily two thousand to three thousand dollars in the whole plan conceptualization, mm. the business development plan. Yeah, because it's your digital marketing will be part of it, but also we need to look at what are your setups, even small things like your website, your website domain. Mm. Which one do you buy? Um, whether do you use digital marketing or not do you not use mm. a lot of nuances uh, a lot of background work which people uh, don't talk about like mm. okay do I set up a personal email or a private server uh, all this stuff we will cover mm. is something which I think is I don't see enough people talking about it surprisingly a lot of people keep pushing for digital marketing digital marketing mm. uh, even though I'm, I'm actually providing digital marketing <laughs> it sounds funny right <laughs> yeah. con- conflicting with the whole idea but it, it gets a bit funny when people only get, fix their eyes on the price, which is just the instantaneous result, mm. digital marketing part. Yeah. For digital marketing game plan, I think um, it's it depends on your industry. That's one. Because if your industry is highly competitive, you need to be willing to part with a lot more money. Mm. It's just a matter of demand and supply. There's nothing uh, special about that. So let's say if you're in real estate, uh, don't be surprised if they can charge you several grants mm. up to maybe 10 grand if possible with the whole game plan all together the mm. whole Shazam um, maybe the lowest about 2 grand, two grand at least mm. real estate uh, we have worked with one if we are working I'm working with 2 real estate at the moment mm, okay. so one for lead generation only whereby is the ads buying part so every month we will report to them how many ads have, uh, how many leads have been generated from the advertisement, mm. and also about the brand enhancement. Whereby, okay, uh, this is the kind of profile we want to show the consumer, so that whenever they see your ads, they have this kind of perception about you. Mm. At the same time, my partner, I'm working with my partner also to help him with um, social media management mm. for real estate, and. That one is absolutely crazy. Like really, uh, I, I, my partner is really working his magic right now. That guy, he was, I will say, an obscure name. wasn't really known. Mm. And right now, he's considered a celebrity. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That was crazy, you know. Like people mm. consider him a celebrity you know, or influencer. Mm. He was, 
he was really just I would say like a nobody but his social media presence was a bit like um, scattered mm. he was active but scattered but nobody really knows him he mm. was doing well uh, doing a decent amount but yeah like now every, he looks like a uh, People look look up to him. He's look he look up as a thought leader as well, mm. and he's making that shift. Whereby he's very very young, so it only took us like took my friend to do it about six months. Mm. Six months for that whole transformation where people wow. take years. Yeah. What, what, take years to do. What was the what do you feel for um for this this person you know the shift for that six months, um based on your perspective what was the thing that really helped him to to get to that that level of you know almost celebrity uh, influencer status. I would say first is have faith in the people who are helping you, hmm. because there are people who resist, whereby. They really engage us. They still want to stick to the old ways, mm. which defeats the purpose. Yeah, I mean, I can say, yeah, I collect free money, ah, then I just <laughs> continue servicing every month. Mm. But and have a clear business model, mm. which again goes back to my digital business part. Those who don't have a clear business model, it's harder to help them mm. because we don't know what is the, how do we market out your brand? How do people want to identify? Even myself, I keep have to reevaluate. Like, how do I want to identify myself? Mm. So the same thing we. We talk to the the agents. So, how do you want to identify yourself? Because some agents, they want to cover the whole, every single thing that a person can live in. That is their market. If yeah. you can sell cardboard boxes, if people <laughs> living it, they, they will also want to try they to sell. Yeah. And that becomes hard. Yeah, it's <laughs> not a viable business model mm. because your attention is scattered everywhere. Mm. Yes, you may get some. Uh, you are never worried about money, but then you want to look at the longer game. Mm. You cannot build a brand doing that. Mm. So we will advise him. Okay, if you are sticking to HDB alone, mm. let's focus on HDB, and then you look at the blue ocean, red ocean strategy. By, ah, uh, don't try to compete with everyone else. Mm. What is your niche? What should you be known for? What kind of group of people do you most well communicate with, and double down on that. Mm. And that really accelerated his growth and also his involvement. Mm. You cannot be a passive player. Yes, I know you probably paid. The agent or mm. the provider this amount of money, but if you want to have a zero effort game in this, then I think it can set you back. If I'm not wrong, people are charging about thirty, forty k for that kind of zero involvement. By I just don't do anything. You just yeah. help me create this persona. <laughs> yeah, but that's not possible. I think who's going to be willing to part with that unless you are earning millions? Ah, uh, mm. then that might be just spare change for you. But mm. if you are But below 1k, I would expect you need to have a lot of involvement. Mm. Even if you're paying a few grand, get yourself involved a lot. Ah, uh, you need to educate yourself as well about mm. what the value is. Yeah. Only then you can really maximize. Because I find this guy, he's super involved. Ah, uh, mm. sometimes I have to catch up with him. I cannot catch up sometimes. <laughs> yes, yeah. a lot of ideas. Yeah. Ah, uh, he will study, he will research, he will share his opinion, mm. and then we discuss. Can we meet that expectation? Mm. And it forces us to push ourselves again. So it's like a good cycle whereby he share expectation, we try to keep up. Share expectation, keep up. Yeah. Uh, though it's a bit tiring also, but I feel that it's it's it paid off for him. It paid off mm. tremendously for him. Yeah. So don't take it as a passive game, ah. Uh. Hmm. Yeah. So I think, I mean, the the what you've you you've just mentioned, I think is is is. I think it boils down, you know. There's a lot of those technical things that we can look at, lah. Right? I mean, mm. there's, um, you know, the different tools that you can use, the different strategies that you may want to provide, 
Um, but I think what you mentioned about you know being very clear on number one, either your target audience or your niche market, um, being very clear on your plan as a business, um, what's that perspective that you need to take? I think that 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 I think that cuts across um, you know all all platforms and all um, and all fields and all markets like, You know whether you are in real estate, whether you are in social media, or whether you are um, um, whether you are you know selling food and business uh, F and B. Um, I think you know uh, if a restaurant is you know I think that we had this analogy in one of another podcast that I had like you know you you shouldn't you know um, if you you are very good at selling um, you know um, chicken rice right then you know just keep selling chicken rice you know don't try yeah. to start selling um, um, chicken rice with curry chicken with duck noodles with um, you know with uh, you know biryani or whatever you know if if you are very good at selling one item then you know go with that and and I think what you're talking about you know doubling down on what really works for you is is very good but making sure that you have that very clear objective lah, I think so I think what I tell a lot of my design students or a lot of um, people is you know uh, if you're talking about a brand we're talking about a design outcome who's your very specific target audience because we typically we know we cannot design for everybody if we did try to design for everybody or sell to everybody we're not going to sell to anybody because your your clients will not be able to 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 connect with you uh intimate on an intimate enough level because you haven't you haven't been very specific in trying to engage them, you know. Of course, it, it cannot be a case where I'm, I'm, you know, or I'm specifically going to speak to you, Imran, or um, I'm going to speak to me, Nicholas. But at least there's a very clear target audience. Whether maybe you're saying that, or HDB owners or private home owners, if you're doing um, your 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 real estate. So I think, I think, I think what you mentioned about, you know, being very specific, having that niche. Um, I think that is is very important, uh, and especially if we want to. Um, uh, I think having that face um, and a level of engagement, would you say that, I mean, um, just going back to that client that you had just now, you were describing about how he was um, uh, not hands-off, you know, but very hands-on with this whole process that, you, that you've been working with. Um, do you think that, you know, because he, he's been very hands-on, he's been very um, open to, to share, you know, himself, um, and and be very upfront in the sense, you know, do you think that this level of, um, how would you say, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, upfrontness and, you know, being um, very hands-on, do you feel that this hands-onness or level of hands-onness, how, I don't know what's the proper word for it, <laughs> but um, do you think that that actually gives um, his clients um, um a lot more trust in that brand, you know, rather than it's just things that are more um, a bit post or uh, um, content that's a bit more distant in that sense. Do you feel that there's a little more human aspects if, if your clients are a little bit more engaged um, and a bit more, um, uh, yeah, I, I think the word's engaged, like a bit more engaged with, with the this whole process that you have? Mm, I think not really. Ah, okay. Because it's actually more for us with him and com- compared to him and his client. Mm, yeah. So how he is perceived by his clients is still goes back to um, what kind of image he feels that we want to portray for him. Mm, okay. How the image is developed is through the involvement with us. Mm, yeah. 
So it doesn't really have a correlation, but it does affect. Mm. But he has hands on with us. It has created a good impression for the clients. Mm. It only creates a uh, a better outcome. But the clients wise, it sometimes goes back to him. Mm. So there are instances whereby, um, I set up we set up a lead gen for the the client, but they are not responsive. So the follow up is not as effective. They don't feel that they need to follow up. They are still uh, doing the conventional method. They don't have a system. So mm. I give you a lead. So let's say at the end of the month, I give you 100 names. Mm. You don't have a system to manage that 100 names. Mm. That just wastes all the effort again. Yeah. But we already fulfill our end. We already have you involved in everything. We created everything beautifully. Mm. But at the last lap, you don't know what to do. I see. So that is for him to work out. So yeah. he has been... Uh, crazy responsive with mm. all the queries that comes in so that actually was the one that actually built the impression and that feeds back to building his brand and image mm. yeah that's i mean i i it's 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 a lot of work like i mean i think because where where we as a society are very used to social media right so mm. um do you think that the general public I mean, we we already spoke about how um you know we already spoke about how um you know businesses think it's very easy, but you know there's a lot there's a lot of engagement that needs to be done, and I think um you know your 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 this your your client that you've 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 described, I think he he really um you know he really drives this point home, which is to say that you know this this whole idea of this whole concept of going digital and you know using digital marketing as a tool is something that um is you know it, it seems easy but for you to be successful there's a lot of work uh, i mean there's no i think there's no unless you like you were saying that unless you have 30 or 40,000 dollars to burn um you can be hands off but if if not you know especially a lot of businesses in singapore Uh, most of the most of the businesses in Singapore are, are SMEs, and our SME, um, um, our small and medium enterprises, you know, do does make up uh, a big portion of big portion of our um, our our workforce in Singapore. So I think that's that's definitely a market that 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 a lot of people can look into as well. Um, so I I I wanted to so you know talking about we we talk quite a bit of, about digital marketing marketing, um as well as you know um how how a company can build their digital transformation their plans their strategies, um I I was quite interested in. Uh, in terms of your international work that you've been doing, mm. so like you do go to uh, Brunei and Cambodia, um, and um, so uh, apart from you know also trying to grow your brand um, and you know trying to find uh, potentially um, different types of engagements and um, uh, clients over in in these countries like Cambodia or Brunei or Indonesia. Um, what are some of the other uh, reasons that you 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 have uh, in terms of you know going overseas and not just uh, focusing on on Singapore? Uh, do you, is there a reason why you guys uh, decided to also reach out to these other countries and not just to look at Singapore? Mm, I think primarily was a social cause because we I want to transfer my skills of. Um, Public speaking, facilitation to the community there to see mm. how it can be of use to them mm. in terms of how they organize their because um, some of the communities they are 
moving towards they're accepting the idea of globalization hmm. and they feel that there's an urgent need for their youth to be educated in these skills hmm. so we are there to fill the gap and through filling the gap we understand their mindset better hmm. and over the past two years I've been traveling back and forth to Cambodia in Asia hmm. and it has shown me a different side to what we understand about them hmm. And surprisingly, in some ways, they are probably ahead of us. Oh, okay. Yeah, you take Indonesia for example. Yeah. Um, Gojek. Yeah. The stuff that you can do on Gojek there is up to your imagination. I think. Really, <laughs> you can ask for laundry. You can ask for massage. You uh, ask for a chef or cook mm. or even food. So here is just I know transportation Gojek. Mm. But there, it is up to your imagination. It can even be motorcycle mm. and payment. They have a lot of payment methods. Mm. Mm. They even have, I think, some investments for for agriculture investments using online methods, using apps. So it, they are really advanced in that matter, but it's just not captured properly, I guess, through mm. the main masses. At the same time, I work with um, those underprivileged community well, one of it is Cambodia In I was working for boarding school in Indonesia a remote mm. school in Indonesia Sukabumi Indonesia so it's really high up in the mountains mm. and what I realized they have a you have everything there you have a 7-Eleven you have a SIM card store uh, selling handphones and everything mm. data cards so you start to see this blend of first world and third world coming together and it's really I think it's much more competitive than what we have here. We, I think we are in a very complacent spot and it's, mm. I think maybe to say also it's a bit bland. <laughs> it's a bit dull and bland. Yeah. Over there it's really colourful mm. because they really maximise their imagination and they are working on survival instinct. Mm. Here it's about how you thrive. There it's about how you survive. Mm. And when you are in that survival mode, you are going to push boundaries. Mm. So they are always pushing the limits. So I even observe Uh, I work with the students so the students after a while they will, they will find me on Facebook okay they will add me on Facebook so I came across this student um, he has set up a page to advocate for Bitcoin and oh. cryptocurrency so imagine that your, your third world student actually yeah. has a page for, to talk about cryptocurrency yeah uh, some of them are selling uh, beauty products online uh, they are selling Some are doing network marketing. Quite a number are doing network marketing. Mm. Um, they are selling. They are doing a lot of transactions online. A lot mm. more selling motor. There's a guy I know who is just buying and selling motorcycles online. Oh, okay. Instagram. Wow, just through Instagram. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's another one that's selling uh, curry puff and homemade cooked food through Facebook. Mm. And yeah, it is crazy. We really do. There's a lot. There's a whole. Online ecosystem going on there, which is much more colorful than what we see here. Yeah, did then I I think what you what you 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 talked about in terms of you know you're seeing that actually we're in a very comfortable bubble, right? Um, and the examples that you've just shown, um, I think highlights that idea that actually um, an entrepreneurial spirit, uh, um, you know, uh. Do you, do you, do you believe that you know based on what you've seen that an entrepreneurial spirit does come um, uh, from from individuals that 
uh, that have a stronger survival instinct in that sense? Do you do you, do you believe yeah, in that? I, I have to compare with my experience with Brunei. So mm. I don't know if the Brunei listeners might 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 like to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> this is gonna sound a bit harsh. <laughs> but um in Brunei when I was doing my session, mm. um we had a, a price for two lessons. One is social media management agency, mm. one is digital digital business transformation. Mm. So not many people feel that our price was acceptable. Hmm. Okay, I was telling you our price about average about three hundred dollars. Okay, for a one day workshop, hmm. full full session ah. About three hundred sing and three hundred Brunei. Same as Brunei, yeah, yeah, same as Brunei, yeah. And mind you, that is the amount a student might get in terms of stipend each month when oh. they go to a university. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think you mentioned before, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. their university is free, and then they they get um their university education is free, and they still get a stipend, which is yeah, yeah. wow, three hundred dollars, not bad for a stipend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not bad, right? I, yeah, I study yeah, and yeah. Something I get money mm. every month, and when someone comes along and tell them that hey, you need to upskill, and this is how much it might cost you, mm. they will feel that it doesn't make sense because. Mm. Um, I don't think first of all I can get access to education free. Mm. Second is, um, I think I can really am comfortable enough mm. with what I have readily accessible to me in terms of food, housing, tax, um, oil, mm. uh, everything else. It's it's even though their income is not high, mm. um, their average salary for graduates I think is about thousand eight. Okay, so it's not very impressive, not very high. Yeah, but. If you think about it, they have a lot of um, concessions, a lot, a lot of concessions. Mm. So that kind of levels out everything, and they are not too, they are that uncomfortable spot, ah, mm. which is why the youths are actively advocating whereby they need to make sure that the youths are the one that are feeling that transition now, mm. because their their comfort is slowly slipping away, oh. and they are feeling the heat a bit. I see. So I see. they are now worried whereby. If all this slips away altogether, mm. they need to figure out how to survive. And I think the the Sultan himself believes that as well. Mm. So they have this thing called uh, Wawasan 2035. Mm. I think 2035. 2035 or 35? I think 35. Yeah. I need to check again. Yeah, whereby he wants them, the whole nation to be independent of their existing model, existing economic model. They mm. want them to have entrepreneurship spirit mm. um, and everything, youth advocation and everything. So mm. they are really aggressively going towards that. So, and if you talk about that same kind of program, um, if you find in Singapore, they are, for established speakers, I think they will bill you about two, three thousands. Mm. In the US, probably more. Yeah. So yeah, comfort, I think definitely plays a part. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's quite a lot of factors that play a part into this. I mean, the you you spoke about a few of these things like the the social, the different, um, the different tiers of society. You know how developed the country is. Um, what are some of the I guess um government concessions that are there in terms of education, um, or um, you know even um. You know, uh, services, governmental services that are provided, um, the level of comfort that most people have. So I think, um, yeah, I mean, whether uh, whether or not a country is um, exploring, um, its people are exploring, uh, you know, exploring or experiment, 
participational in 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 entrepreneurship and wanting to to have um what I think what we 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 um what what maybe our generation or what we sometimes uh, listen to in 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 on television you know the American dream you know to go and mm. run my own business I can start my own business and I can strike it rich, um. You know, I think the that that American Dream story also. You know, we when we look at it, it's it comes from a context of you know a lot of migrants, and mm. you know going to a country, starting out, and wanting to, you know, live that American Dream to get rich, right? So, um, from a so from a social class perspective, it's you know I'm of a lower social class and I want to move up that social class, and then you know I think what you're seeing about it, uh, from 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 Indonesia and from Brunei as well. Um, you know, I'm sure the different class systems, and even when we compare it our, our, ourselves locally in Singapore as well, I mean, um, we do have quite a a large middle class in that sense, right? So, um, the the perspectives of 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 wanting to move up the social class or the social ladders, I think these are definitely um, uh, aspects that um that play a part in terms of whether or not its people are you know um entrepreneurial la. but i mean I, I wouldn't say singaporeans are not entrepreneurial or bruneians are not entrepreneurial it's just that i think if we talk about a percentage of people who are entrepreneurial right. um you know i, I would imagine i mean based on what we were spoken about I'm, I'm thinking you know um some of these other, other countries have a lot more uh entrepreneurs la, uh in that sense um and maybe on a percentage but of course this is in a uh a, assumption that uh, we are we are we are you know we're, we're saying I, I have to do a bit more research into that but but yeah i think definitely social class plays plays a part um so yeah i mean uh you know that that sounds um like uh you know actually very good insights that you, you you've shared so do you do you feel that um i mean i guess from a digital marketing or even from a digital transformation perspective right um when you do approach um individuals from each different country do you think that you you need to sort of um uh do you think that you need to sort of take uh different perspectives or or do you think your strategies need to be very different or when you're when you're engaging with 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 individuals from the different countries like for example Cambodia or Brunei or Indonesia or even Singapore uh, or do you feel that you know actually I, most of the tools that I have um, can be you know uh, uh, a plug and play for the different countries or do you need to look at it from different perspectives and and make big changes to your strategies? Mm, I th- I think it's not going to be evergreen whereby mm. it applies to everyone. Uh, let me give you another example. Uh, I just checked my Instagram last night. Mm. Uh, remember the boarding school I told you about at the very start? Yes, yes. So now they are starting to sell their own school t-shirts online. Mm. I, I really, the progress, that they're, the rate that they're going is crazy. Mm. Uh, you know, like from a social perspective, I had that idea whereby I was discussing my team about a year ago whereby I say, you know what? Let's build them up to this point. Let's educate them enough whereby they need they, we, we had an assumption by hey they need this level of education and competency in terms of English education everything as well as digital and then we're going to come in and tell them oh this is a digital business model mm. and yet yesterday I just saw them set up the whole thing without even our help <laughs> they may even have surpassed you in a way correct right? yeah <laughs> yeah so, yeah it gets me excited and anxious mm. at the same time because uh 
we know they are our future competitors as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think as an educator, it's a it's a constant fear that I have, lah. I mean, um, and it's a good fear, I think, to a certain extent, right? Because it means that um, I ch- I have to challenge myself to constantly be improving in terms of my own knowledge. Um, but it's good to see that when you're the people that you've taught have 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 grown so much and have have advanced so quickly and developed their own um you know uh, uh products their own creations their own platforms um their own designs their own careers um and their own businesses as well even in that case so i think um yeah definitely that's something that is um uh very I, it's a good problem to have like i guess to a certain extent um so the, the, the yeah answer the question also mm. like whether uh, the model is applicable to all mm. I would say uh, yes but then again sometimes we don't really know them until we see them pull off these kind of things whereby uh. they, they can do it on their own but mm. I feel that again uh, I would say if in Indonesia if the ad cost is so much cheaper mm. they probably go crazy with it already they probably done a lot more crazy stuff mm. because right now it's a lot more dominated by US dollar and higher currency powers mm. So Singapore dollar can still get, can still maintain Australian dollar Canadian dollar the first world mm. countries they still can maintain that game of using the ad dollars to mm. push their marketing but if I don't know by some crazy turn of events mm. it becomes not by that kind of currency where you use to push for your marketing we might see a whole new shift altogether mm. uh, for Cambodia I think there's a huge disparity in terms of income gap um mm. But again, they are also very entrepreneurial. Mm. They, I think, in terms of technology-wise, they don't need to rely on it too much for now. Mm. But I feel that if you introduce it to it, I'm not too sure how much value add it will mean for them, mm. because they are. It seems like the existing model seems to be doing well, unless what you want to talk about in terms of digital is probably how you want to value add. Uh, in this, you know, in supply chain, they call it the value chain. Mm. So you look at the supply chain. So Instead of digital marketing, you want to look at how can you develop a marketplace. That's what we were talking about. Mm. And as a team for our social group, we were talking about how can we create a marketplace for skills in cross borders. Mm. So you you heard of Fiverr before? Yeah. And we had the idea of a social Fiverr. Mm. Okay. A social Fiverr whereby me as a Singaporean, um, I want to contribute to the people there. And it's one. It goes back to the course I I conducted workshop I conducted last week, whereby 50% of the earnings goes to Scott's Brunei um, Ramadan Ramadan meal preparations, mm. and we wanted to advocate more of that, whereby instead of purely donating money, how can you use your skills, which is digital skills, mm. to actually be of benefit to them? So let's say you want a logo done from me. Mm. You, and I will charge you five hundred dollars. Maybe we have a sliding scale. Maybe ten percent to fifty percent will go to the beneficiary. Mm. And at the same time, the beneficiary can actually list their skills on that platform mm. to complete and maybe even uh, receive that amount. Yeah. Or they can have marketplace, internal marketplace between each other to connect. Mm. So it's more more of that than compared to digital marketing. Mm. Yeah. I mean, um, I think there's 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 definitely a lot of potential in that, lah. I think, and and a lot of people when discussing about uh Southeast Asia, right? You know, the bigger players, you know, like like, um, whether you talk about Singapore or Indonesia or Malaysia, um, or Philippines, 
um, or Bangkok, Thailand, right? Um, but I think the other countries, and not just the other countries, but the other cities um, outside of your bigger players, like, you know, your Jakarta mm. or your Bangkok, you know, you have your regional cities that are out there that I think, I think the potential for... Um, for growth in these different areas is 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 um, um, is quite big. So there's a lot of potential, I think, um, in terms of how these uh, markets can grow, and also how um, these digital platforms and um, these digital strategies are able to 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 bring um, someone who's maybe in a remote city, you know, in one mm. of our Asian uh, in our neighborhood. Uh, Asian uh, in an, in our Asian neighbors and 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 really give these people the chance and I think what you're doing here is um uh you know it, it really s- steps that up you know it's, so even this idea of a almost like a social fiber um that brings in some of these digital nomad skills as well um I think there's there's definitely a lot of potential for that and I think um you know looking at all these mar- potential markets that um. Uh, could be growth areas for 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 that. I think the digital tools that you've been talking about, we've been talking about throughout. These are definitely um, uh, very very. Uh, you know, I think they are the bridges that they are the bridges that connect connects us with 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 um you know these 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 other places in the world. Uh, and I think we we all need to be a bit more conscious on how we are using these tools as well. Because I think um. Uh, you know, we we cannot just. I think what you you mentioned just now. You know, if if we just want to do OOTD, sure, then we don't need to think too much about it, right? Um, but if we are looking at growing uh, our brands, our identities, uh, our businesses, then we may need to start looking at um, you know, uh, how do we can connect with people, uh, and use these tools as bridges for. Um, not just people within our our own country or our own communities, but I think with other communities that are out there. I, uh, I must add, sorry to interrupt, mm, I must add no, like no, the yeah, fact yeah. that we are able to get in touch with them is actually through social media as well. Mm. One of the reasons. Yeah. Like Brunei, it was through social media. Mm. Um, Indonesia was through a forum. Yeah. And uh, Cambodia was through internal uh, societies. Mm. So, and I'm also curious whereby we also need to reevaluate our value in terms of um, how would I say social organizations to them because I think most of us who are doing our social work or social cause we are still stuck in the past decade of how we can add value to them mm. the models and the mindset yeah. when I think it's going to be or probably has changed already and mm. it's going to change even further in the near future we may yeah. the stuff that we might be able to offer them, they may not need it anymore. Mm. They, might, they can already figure out. Even the social fiber thing, I'm not surprised if they already figured it out or mm. they already doing it. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, coming back to that point that you when you're you're talking about, which is you know how, um, I think social work has changed lah. You know, last time you know maybe when you go to school, you go for maybe a or a project um project Thailand or project Vietnam or project Cambodia right then your school will send you over there and you'll help them build uh, a, a new hospital or a new library or things like that but but I think now what you what we are also doing I think what you are doing definitely is uh, I I want to have more sustainability in terms of my engagement with these communities right I just don't just go there and say 
okay, I built this house, okay, we bring you some money, we give you some food, okay, that's it. Um, my dad, you know, used to tell me, you know, it's it's uh, good. Uh, you, you, uh, you, you give the man a fish, you feed him for a day, right? You teach a man to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. So I think that has um, resonated with me and maybe that's the reason why I became... I, I saw firsthand educator. the consequences yeah. of that and it mm. was quite um, unsettling. So what mm. happened was about two Ramadans ago, we went to Batam and we saw this school, fully furnished, mm. beautifully built. Mm. It's pretty huge real estate as well. Um, the problem was that the school faculty or even the school principal cannot maintain the school mm. because of the, the the size. They have about nine classrooms, I think, mm. and a computer lab as well. But they only had about 80 students. Mm. So, and to maintain the school alone, it costs more than... The, the what they need. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you put them in a tough spot. Yeah, not sustain, not sustainable. But I think what you're going, what you're doing, and I think the 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 project that you've seen, like you know, the 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 school in um the schools in Brunei and Cambodia, and how the projects that they are doing on their own, uh, or even the individuals in Indonesia, I think, um, it, it's I it, it definitely I think drives home the significance of these digital tools that we have but it also drives home the significance that you know education plays quite a very a very big part and in terms of the things that 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 we're doing today so i mean um yeah i mean as throughout this conversation it's just quite heartwarming to 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 hear the stories that you've been 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 talking about and the success stories that you 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 have been describing uh. so yeah that's that's um i think that's 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 very good you know um so just before we we end off you know i i just wanted to sort of ask you you know as a as somebody who's been looking at digital transformation i think um if if anybody who's a SME or or a, or a, or a freelancer, um, you know, uh, and wants to, I guess, build a better digital identity or digital brand, right? Um, we already spoke about a few things, but um, is there a tip uh, that you can you can give to to people, um, you know, um, if they want to start their journey, uh, their digital journey? Mm, I I feel the the few tips is whereby first. You need to revisit um, what business are you really, especially during this time. Um, some of you consider yourself, let's say you take the MRT. I don't mm. know whether this is a good example. Mm. So the MRT is not a railway business. It's a transportation business. Mm. Grab, a Gojek is not a cat hailing business. Mm. It's an IT business. Mm. Yeah. So you need to look at your business the same way as well. Mm. What are you really? Then you can look at some pivot from there mm. and then you can redesign your business model. Um, then you move on to the part whereby I think it's quite simple, your Pareto principle. So you have 100 things, don't list 100 things. Mm. Focus on a few, bundle them together, increase the perceived value. Mm. Then you will find that the, your operations can move faster as well. Mm. You will know how to track your margins and everything then it'd be more practical and I think gives you peace of mind as well. And selling stuff offline and online is two different game plan altogether. I have coaches and trainers who approach their us to build a full system and all, which I have to turn down because uh, partly capacity and I know it's not going to be easy because you're following a, a conventional model of delivering your service and to transform it altogether, it doesn't 
it's not about me. It's about you now. You need to be able to accept that this is how you're going to be selling your stuff now from now on. If you cannot wrap your head around that, then no matter how much I build the system for you, it's not going to work. Then be more conscious about data. Don't follow your instincts. So like the real estate guy, whenever he has a dispute or idea to contend against our plan, we will just settle it. This is what the data says. So shall we proceed? Then he will say, okay, let's proceed. I mean, this is what the data has shown. <laughs> so that that idea, um, build your digital assets. This is something, again, not many people are sharing about this. Digital asset means like um, if your personal brand or SME collect, is something very practical, you know, collect all your photographs, your media, your video, your interviews, your articles, everything, organize them, and then look at how you can repurpose them. Um, your products, do you have digital products created already? Can they be consumed online or at least partially online? So that's your digital assets, your systems as well. So your assets includes your Facebook page, your Instagram page. Your business manager is your asset as well. Um, your following is your asset. Then um, your payment gateway as well. This is like your assets, your network. So lay out your assets, build it up together before you, because a lot of people I find that when they make the transition, they jump straight to traffic, which is building your Instagram following. Okay, nice. You have a following. Unless you are a small home-based owner whereby you just have a limited cap of how many you can sell in a month. Whereby, okay, I sell high Raya cookies. I know I can sell 100 bottles max and that is my business model. We are not talking about scaling or anything. Even, there, even then, they also need to know um, how to manage their orders, how to take orders online, how to manage transaction online. Ah, so th- those are the things which nobody will want to discuss. There, there's no YouTube tutorial for that as well. But I think it's so urgent to talk about it. Even like fundraising, social work. Um, I have heard stories whereby people set up a fundraising form. They set up their account. And what happens next? Their account gets flooded with contribution, which is a good problem. But now you cannot keep track who's giving who. And the money keeps coming in. You don't know how to organize it and everything. And there's no more proper bookkeeping and everything. So those things you need to have. Spend some time to talk about it. How you want to organize all this. I think the rest of it, the traffic, the ads, the digital marketing side, you can just go to YouTube. There's more than enough uh, resources. There's a lot of people giving free webinars and seminars about that as well. So I just want to touch about things which I don't think enough people are talking about. Mm. No, that's great. That's great. Um, so I I guess with with that I mean um we I think we we want we can we can end off for today's uh podcast but um it's definitely been very enriching to to hear the work that you've been doing um and I think um I definitely can take some lessons from you in terms of how I also grow my own um I guess digital presence and um whether or not I use some of the digital tools um the digital marketing tools or other tools or tactics that you've been talking about you know. Even for me, when I reflect on my own uh, presence online with the podcast, with the YouTube channel, with um, some of these other platforms, it's also um, uh, it's not easy when you need mm. to figure out what uh, exactly is the task you should be doing, what you should be focusing on. Oh, yeah, uh, I should I yeah. should I should refer you as an example, right? You are build, you are yourself. You are building up your assets, not yes, your digital yes. asset, but at least the tools that you need to perform mm. this podcast effectively. Yeah. So that is what you need to consider as well. So, mm. uh, do you have that kind of? You need to make that kind of investment. So, for me, when I wanted to make the, the transition online, the first thing I bought was this mic. Yeah. Same. 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 Mic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the mic. 
So you need to identify what is the investments you need to make also. Yeah, so I mean, these are definitely sunk costs. Like, I mean, um, I'm not, for me personally, because I'm this is not a business. This is, um, I would say, more of a, a social platform like, in a sense, right? So there's no um, leads that I'm trying to generate or to convert mm. into sales. Um, so I think the, 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 the purpose also is very different. So if it's more of, you know, for me, it's more of, um, you know, uh, growing the audience rather than converting it to sales. But I think, I think, yeah, I think de- defining what is the purpose is very important. Um, defining, um, you know, I think um, we spoke about quite a few um, different things, but it seems to always come back to, you know, ha- sitting down and doing a lot of planning and mm. defining the direction of your 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 business or your initiative like in that sense so i think um you know that's a that's a good reminder to 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 end off today's podcast to you know um to say that you know whatever you're doing you know whether um you're moving into digital platforms you're starting to go from offline to online you want to create your own digital business you want to do a be, be a digital nomad um i think you know um having scope having a very clear direction and doing a lot of the planning, you know, for your business as well as your um, assets that you need to sort of start planning out. I think sit down, have that plan, and then, you know, you can start figuring out what is the next steps for you, uh, whether as an individual or as a business. So um, with that, um, I'd like to uh, thank uh, Imran for his time, uh, you know, um, and, you know, thank you for, for, for sharing uh, all your insights, uh, sharing with us the different, um, you know, tools, the upcoming, uh, you know, digital nomad skills that are important, um, your case studies, um, you know, your, your perspectives on how, um, you know, our globalized world is changing, um, you know, through digital transformations mm. and through digital platforms. You know, I think it's, it's, uh, it's, it, these are very, um, very, very good, um, you know, insights that you've shared with us. And yeah, if you would like to com- co- connect with Imran, um, I will have the links in the description. Um, please feel free to connect with him and, uh, you know, um, you know, engage, you can engage his services uh, either through the digital uh, bros platform or through the uh, paper backpackers as well. Um, so yeah, with that, um, I want to thank Imran uh, again for, for joining us on the show. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming, thank and want to thank the listeners uh, for listening in and tuning in to this this uh, this episode. Uh, and yeah, we'll, with that, um, you know, uh, say goodbye and thank you everybody and have a bye, bye guys. Yeah, thank Don't you. Stay safe. Yep, Don't stay safe. <laughs> Don't touch your face. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> so yes, thank you very much and uh, goodbye everybody and thank you for listening to the Everything Design Show. Mm-hmm.